Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the information on last week's show, the argument for strategy over tactics in your marketing informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive our notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. And if there are topics you find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. As I mentioned on the introductions of a few past episodes, this week's show is a little different as I recorded seven interviews in one day at an event. And because of the limited time for each, I recorded the content without the bio. So let me give you a little information on my guest before getting into the recording. Back in 1988, Brian Ludwig had his own dream of starting and running an agricultural research business. He focused on doing his work, relying solely on others, mainly the local accountant, to do everything else. A year later, his accountant gave him a nasty surprise in the form of an unexpected tax bill and his bill as well. At that moment, he realized that he should have been asking more questions and have been monitoring his finances more closely. This was the start of his unique and diverse financial career. Over the last 33 years, he has thoroughly enjoyed working with small business owners, farmers, and individuals developing solutions to their business, financial, and accounting needs. Whether it involves dealing with CRA or the IRS, preparing tax returns, conducting a financial review of their business, or finding the right mortgage, his diverse background and experience has allowed him to develop strong solutions for these financial needs. Now to the recording of today's episode. Welcome to the show, Brian. I'm glad to have you here today. I'm glad to be here as well. 
Well, this is going to be a fun topic. It's very interesting. Um, and so I just want to get into right away a question that I have for you and explain to our listeners why financial understanding is really important for the success of a business. This is where, and this is a lesson I learned right from my first years of business ages ago. Um, most business owners, they like doing the work that they got into business to do but they usually don't like doing the finance part of it. They just leave that off to an accountant to do. And what happens is they, they get hit with a surprise and they don't understand their numbers. And all of a sudden uh, they get hit with a big tax bill or, or, or they make a financial decision that they soon regret. And this is where you can't just rely on other people to manage everything for you, you have to be able to understand your numbers in order to manage your business overall. You don't need to be doing the bookkeeping and everything yourself, but you have to be able to get the, the right information from that bookkeeper or accountant, and you, you need to understand how what the numbers are and what they mean for your business. Yeah, I have an example of that too. I actually do the bookkeeping and payroll for clients. And I had someone come to me years ago because her tax person had told her she owed a significant amount. And she said, but I don't understand. I don't have that money left. And she was, of course, living off of you know, the profits, not thinking that any of that would be taxable and then said, well, you need to talk to me like I'm a kindergartner because I don't understand all the finances. So I was able to educate her too, but it was the same thing. She didn't understand and it had a major impact on her. That's actually a very common misunderstanding is they get the income and expense statement from their accountant mm -hmm. and think, oh, according to this, I'm making money. The government's asking me for tax dollars at least, but they don't understand that's not the same as the cash flow for your business. Right. And I've seen a lot of so-called profitable businesses go under mm -hmm. just because they weren't managing their cash properly. And th that's where there's a lot of businesses that are lacking in that regard, where right. they need to understand where their cash is going to and coming from. In, in order to make sure that the business actually stays in business for the long term. So from your experience, what do you wish you had done differently so that other than just, of course, knowing your numbers, but on whether it's a weekly basis, monthly, daily, like what were the steps you would have taken had you known ahead of time that you can educate those listening now that they can implement? The very first mistake that I made was I listened to my accountant who told me I had to incorporate. Mm. And that's where the accountant kind of forgot to tell me once I incorporate, I can't write off my business expense, business losses against my personal income. Mm. So basically, when tax time came around, he basically told me, oh, by the way, your company owes $2,000 in taxes. And uh, this is where I was a broke student at that time. I was using my scholarship income to pay for the business expenses. And I'm thinking, well, how am I going to come up with the money? And then on top of it, the accountant said, oh, by the way, here's my $2,000 accounting bill. Um, I, I found out afterwards, okay, yeah, he just told me to incorporate just so that he could charge me more for his accounting bill. Um, that's it. Because he never asked me, am I was expecting a loss? If I would have said yes, he should have been telling me, oh, maybe incorporation is not a good ad good practice right away. Mm 
So that was my, that was the uh, first mistake I made was I had the wrong business entity initially for my circumstances. And, and for what well, it sounds like $2,000, but keep in mind that was 35 years ago. So $2,000. And when I was uh, still in university, that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ever since then, that's where I, I try to make sure I understand the financial impact of my decisions. And probably the most common mistake I see a lot of business owners make is they go ahead and do something and then they get the advice, they ask for advice after they've already done it and it's often too late. Mm-hmm. Like one recent example, I had a client who went out and bought a business. They just bought the shares of the business and they valued it. Um, they basically took the assets from the company and said, oh yeah, they're worth $100,000, we'll pay you 100000 And when, I, when they came to me eight months afterwards with the news, Oh yeah, by the way, we bought this new business. I kind of had to tell them uh, they overpaid for it because yes, those assets are worth a hundred thousand, but the company also owes about $30,000 of tax on those assets. Mm. So technically it's only worth 70,000 on pay, uh, if you were to liquidate everything, mm-hmm. but it was too late. Um, they already spent the money, signed the contract and they couldn't get out of it. Right. I think that's important too. I often tell clients, really, you should have appointments with a few different people if you're going to be making a decision. And one of them should be your CPA to figure out what tax implications it's going to have on you. One of them could be your business attorney, like in terms of the incorporation you were talking about, really talking to them about your goals. And then you can determine, you know, is that right for you or not? If you want protection and you're okay paying more tax, then that might be okay for you. But if you don't think you have as much risk and you want to, you know, reduce the tax that you have to pay, maybe staying a sole proprietorship or a partnership might be good. So I think having those people in your corner that you could talk to is important, but again, you have to really let them know what your goals are as well so they can help you make the right decision. Yeah, you almost need to start thinking of those people as your advisory board or your mm-hmm. partners in your business. And you need to let them know what changes are coming up in your life, business-wise and also personal-wise. Right. Because your circumstances may change and that could have a big implication on how you do business, both currently and in the future. Right. So what would you tell somebody, maybe who is just starting out even in business and, you know, they maybe don't understand all of the financial terms or what they should be looking at? What would you tell them are the maybe top few things that they should really focus on financially? One of the first things they definitely need to look at and this is where most people hate this, is they should sit down and do a budget or a financial statement that basically shows this is how much cash I need Mm -hmm. from today to the day I start opening up my business and to the day when I start generating enough revenue to pay for all my expenses. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because one of the most common mistakes is they get started, they get halfway through, and then they run out of money. Right. And then, of course, their solution is, oh, let me go talk to my banker. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they don't realize most bankers are not in the risk game. Right. And <laughs> they like to see, like, two years of data first before they even think about loaning you money. 
unless you have things like a house that you can use as collateral or something like that. Right. So that's where they quickly run out of money. And sometimes they have to shut shut down their business even before they open their doors. Right. Like mm -hmm. I had a hotel I was being built right across the street from my office here. And yeah, they they had the ground all dug up and they were laying in the infrastructure. And then it sat idle for a year and a half and everything went rotten because the, the developer ran out of money halfway halfway through the project. Um, yep. And so it can happen to both small and large businesses. Oh, for sure. Well, and I think on that topic, you know, and I know I asked for a couple of points, but I would love to say like on this too, often I will tell people if I hear that they're, you know, looking at starting a business or they're creating a budget, even if they're not brand new, I often will say, you know, well, maybe decrease what you think your income is going to be because things might happen. You may not hit that goal and then increase what you think your costs might be. And that way you, you know, if in you, you were a little more conservative, right? And then you do better than you think, well, great, you have that extra cash. But if you have the numbers too high for your income or too low for your expense, that's when you're caught off guard and you don't have the cash. Yeah, another common mistake I see that a lot of startups make is in the area of marketing. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Of course, when you open up a business, you get all these salespeople can knock in on your door saying, oh, advertise on our radio station or our mm -hmm. newspaper or wherever. And of course, they like to use the term brand awareness. Right. Don't even think in terms of brand awareness. That's that's a very expensive proposition mm -hmm. to be top of mind awareness. Like brands like Nike and that, they spend billions of dollars over a long period of time. Rather, you need to take a look at exactly what what you're what you're planning to sell, whether it's a service or product which market or client type of client are you going to sell it to? You should do some research, make sure that those people are actually interested in your product and service, and then start asking yourself, not what you're pricing that product for, but more importantly, what's your gross profit, which is your price minus the actual cost of delivering it. Right. Because then you can start doing things like, okay, I'm going to have $10,000 of expenses each month. I'm selling this product where, yes, I might get $100 for it, but it's going to cost me $40 to sell it. So okay. I'm going to have $60 left. You just divide that 60 into 10,000, and that gives you your break-even point. Okay. So at least it then gives you an idea of how many items do you actually have to sell to break even. Mm -hmm. um, many people don't even know that number. They, right. Um, so that and that's where um, a, a lot of uh, people get into marketing. Just they just spend ten thousand dollars, and they have no idea what did they actually make off that ten thousand right. dollars. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where they also should be monitoring. Okay, I'm going to do this newsletter campaign. This is my cost per mailbox. How much return did I get? You should, mm -hmm. So you should be tracking all your results. Right. And then once you find an advertising method that works, uh, stick with it and keep mm -hmm. monitoring it to make sure it's still profitable. Right. And understanding that a lot of those people who are calling for the advertising who are saying, oh, you're going to be seen by, you know, 10,000 people or whatever. Like most of the time, I think that they're overstating those numbers too. And even if they are not, 
are those 10,000 people your customers, right? They might be marketing to someone that's totally different than who you're trying to serve. And that's why you need to ask yourself who your clientele is mm -hmm. and find out for yourself, where do they hang out? Is right. it social media? And even social media, okay, are they on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or, or any of the other millions of sites out there that they can uh, hang out on? Mm -hmm. You need to know that. And then try to ask yourself what's the easiest, easiest, most economical way of uh, reaching out to those people. Right. And in terms of if somebody is maybe in business for a while now, too, because we've been talking about, you know, maybe some people who are starting up and what they need to do, but some that are in business for a long time often will still hit financial challenges. So what would you tell someone who has maybe been around for a bit? thinks that they're on the right track, but maybe they're going to end up with a surprise. That's where in that, usually, again, cash flow is usually one of the biggest surprises. They think things are going along fine, and then all of a sudden, they can't pay their payroll for that. Mm -hmm. This is where you need to take a look, monitor your cash flow, not just your income and expense statement, but you need that, that cash flow statement. Right. Because it's going to tell you three things. First of all, it's going to tell you how much cash that your operations is generating. So if you're if you are profitable, odds are that's going to be a positive number. And unless you got things like account receivables not being paid, right. then that can create a negative impact on your business. You also got to take a look at your equipment purchases. And this is where a lot of business owners make a common mistake. They go to an auction sale, for example, and at that sale, they see a truck for sale and say, oh, I need that truck. Now, the proper way is they should go to a bank and get a car loan for it or a truck loan or whatever and amortize it over the proper period of years hmm. uh, and pay the payments over those years. Many oh, I've got an operating line of credit. I'll just write a check for $20,000 by the truck. And I'm not going to bother with the bank. It's too much hassle. Well, that's where you just used up your working capital that should be used for operating expenses. And you may not feel the pinch right away, but right. down the road, you're short $20,000 of working capital. Mm -hmm. And that could lead to cash shortages. Uh, another area... It, again, related to loans is you need to take a look. Interest is a deductible expense. So that shows up on your income expense statement. Right. But principal payments is not an expense item. So mm. that doesn't show up on your income and expense statement. And like in my earlier careers, I used to work a lot with farmers. And that's when farming wasn't as profitable. That's where we're saying, well, my accountant tells me I'm making $20,000 a year. Why am I going broke. Right. Well, I would look at their loan payments and realize you're making $50,000 of principal payments. Mm -hmm. That means it's using up to $20,000 profit, plus they're short $30,000, which of course right. usually came out of their credit cards or operating loans or some other mm -hmm. uh, credit line that they have. And that's where they were eventually running their cash dry until it got to the point they had no more money to pay for anything. Right. So mm -hmm. you, that's where they definitely need to look at. And quite often, one of the reasons they got into that situation is they may have 
bought the land and instead of spreading it out over 25 years, they said, oh, I'll pay it off in 10 years. Right. And it basically create a drain on their cash flow. Mm-hmm. And then right. a third common item is they're just taking too much money out for personal use. Mm. That, that, that happens a lot. And they expect, okay, well, I have an $80,000 a year lifestyle, but their business is only making 30 or 40,000. Mm. Right. That's, that's going to lead into problems if you don't boost your income and fix that quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. While you were talking, too, I was thinking that's one of the things I try to educate people on, too, is the difference between profit and cash flow and, you know, helping them understand, like you said, about if you're paying off a loan, it's going to look like you have more profit in the business. Um, and that's because you're again, paying down a liability, which is on the balance sheet, it doesn't show. And so a lot of times that confuses people. And I think it's important for people to really understand what the terms are, and where they appear on your financial reports, and really understanding your financial reports, how to read them. Yeah, and usually a lot of this, it boils down to having a good set of accounting books. Mm -hmm. This is where if you don't have a good set of accounting books, you may never know exactly right. where your cash is going or why it's changing so quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's true. It's interesting too, because as a bookkeeping company too, we'll have someone come, maybe, you know, the year is done, they have to go to the CPA and they only bring it at that point for tax prep. And it's like, but you don't know how your business was doing and any changes that you need to make and then that year is gone and now you can't do anything about it. And it would be really helpful to have that information going through the year. And I like to recommend to my clients to sit down with your tax preparer, you know, at least twice a year, like maybe in June and maybe like October, or early November, so that you can look at where things are going. And if you need to make some changes, you know, make those changes. Or like you said earlier, like talk about if you need to make a purchase now or maybe put it off till later. Like those kind of conversations are important to have before you take the action because once it's done, you know, it's kind of too late. That's where a lot of people have a misperception about accountants. They -hmm. think we're doing all this work, but this time of year for the next two or three months, Uh, we tend to be so bombarded with clients bringing in massive boxes of receipts. We tend to be more focused on just looking at the past and we, we don't usually have time to do forward tax planning. Basically you just bring all the information in. We just say, okay, what did you do in the last 12 months and how do we report it? That's where most of our emphasis is on. Whereas as you suggested, this is where they should be coming in and doing more forward-based tax planning. Right. Uh, telling their professional, okay, this is what I'm planning to do. These are some upcoming changes. What can I do to uh, minimize my tax load? Right. And even when you're talking about, you know, that forward looking rather than looking back, if you think about the fact to a lot of people think, oh, well, I can file an extension and I really don't even have to file my taxes till September of October, you're nine or 10 months after that year has ended, you know, and that much further into the current year. So if your CPA finally identifies an issue right in your business that maybe needs to be changed, now you've missed almost another nine or 10 months of the current year, you know, to make any corrections. Yeah, like um, like one example is if you're a 
sole proprietor, American sole proprietor, and you decide, well, I want to be an S corp, and you kind of wait until October to make that decision. It might be tough to make that late filing election at that time of the year. You may have to wait until the start of the next year to, to do that. Whereas if you catch it early on, yeah, you might have a better likelihood of getting that approved. Right. Well, I know we're running short on time, so I would love for you to just let our listeners know if you have an offer that you would like to share with them and how they can connect with you. Yes. Uh, the easiest way to c- connect with me would be by email at brian at brianladrick.ca. And the offer I have is I have a, uh, a, check, uh, a checklist that talks about 15 key uh profit drivers that impacts your cash flow, uh, kind of 15 key indicators that you should be looking at to see why, why is your cash flow the way it is for your business. That'd be great. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today, Brian. I really appreciate your taking the time to chat and uh, giving your expertise for our guests. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed uh, talking with you. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you found this episode interesting and then it answered some questions about how to improve your business cash flow. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Brian or you can send us a message at media at abnp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, how to make fast cash with easy yes offers. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.